Hello there, friends. This is Chris from the Monkey Business Crew. And uh, for a long time now, as we've been together, uh, FC3, Flower City Comic Con, and the Mighty Monkey Corporation, we have strove very hard to not be political. Uh, you know, we make our underhanded comments once in a while, we make our little observations, and we pat ourselves on the back for being funny. But uh, today I'm going to have to say something, because in recent weeks, since the last time we recorded, and the last time we uh, had a chance to talk about all things geek and fun, um, our political discourse gained itself a body count. Now, this has happened several times in the history of the world, but in recent memory, it has uh, been uncommon. So, it's it behooves it just. I'm driven to say something right now, and that is we've forgotten one thing. Whether you're liberal, or Democrat, or conservative, or Republican, or in the middle, or on the extreme, it doesn't matter. We're all still Americans, and we seem to have forgotten that lately. So, it's okay to disagree. Just remember that, you know, you can you can be any political party you want or not a political party. You can be in favor of Star Wars or Star Trek. You can be in favor of Doctor Who over Blake seven. You can, you can have stances on issues and it's OK. Just remember that we're all in this together. And the important thing is to remember to to listen and and talk rather than just be angry and hate. Welcome to another episode of Monkey Business. I am one of your hosts, Tanya. We have the legendary Billy DeTore with us. Hi. And then we have Rob and Zach at the other end of the studio. Hi. Hello. And we have Dolly. Hello. And Ian. Hello. And instead of being on the phone, she's actually up in Rochester today. We have Sherry. Hello. And then behind me, we have Chris and Alana. Hello. <laughs> so we have a fairly oh, fairly packed studio, Chris. and then yeah, and then I, I am <laughs> your host, Chris. Chris. That was me being all philosophical, and now we're going to get into the all things geeky and, and fun. You know, we're going to go back to the business that at hand. Um, oh, that was a little serious. There, well, it had to be said, you know. And and here's yeah. the thing: you know, when you have a platform, no matter how small that platform may be, it's irresponsible to completely ignore what's going on out there. Uh, so I had I've just I was thinking to myself this morning, and I'm like, I have to at least say something because I know we reach out to quite a few people now. You know, we don't have thousands upon thousands of fans, but, uh, you know, it, it, we have people who are spread across the country and they're listening. So, and the Globe, Danny and... Hey, we, oh, yeah, yes, we have, oh, yes, we have our buddy Danny. Uh, not, hey, Danny, this one's for you, buddy. <laughs> We're going to have to have him call in one of these days. Seriously. Now, that. Dolly, I'm going to admonish you real quick because you, you have this habit, when because I've been listening to the past couple of recordings. When you're going to go talk to the microphone, get right in on it. you got to be like almost like making love to it. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you do realize not that you, somebody Ian. else has that microphone during? Well, I, you know, no, yeah. so I'm, I'm, usually, I'm not <laughs> in on this one too. Use that microphone. You're with everybody that microphone's has ever, ever been with. Been with uh, but still, all right. So what are we, like to, what are we talking about today? Talking about. <laughs> we're talking about today. We're talking about. We're doing another not a book club. Not a book club. We're doing another not a book club. Think Ian was the one that suggested this TV show. Yes, it was. This particular show that we're going to talk about today came from the the bouncing baby boy. The bouncing baby boy. Who is now just shy of six foot three? <laughs> I don't know where I don't he gets want his height. That boy bouncing. I don't know where he gets his height from. Shaq. Uh, yeah, your, <laughs> your mom. Not my mom. Not, not your mom. <laughs> my poor mother. I'm going to take five my, foot two. My mom's. Uh, my my mom and I were standing next to each other, and somebody took a picture of the two of us, and they cut me off from the shoulders up. 
All right. So I have to post that one somewhere along the line. Uh, Your poor mother. Yeah. So anyway, today we're going to talk about a show that is no longer being made. It was on the Sci-Fi Channel for quite a few years. It was Warehouse 13. Which, who, who was describing it earlier? It was like one part Friday the 13th, one part Indiana Jones. In the place where all the stuff that vanishes in your laundry goes. Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's probably a whole, there's probably a whole aisle in the warehouse that is just, a, you know, socks. Missing socks. Missing socks. Yeah. Um, now, who are our stars? We have Eddie McClintock. Joanne Kelly. Joanne Kelly. Sol Rubenstein. Rubenek. Rubenek. Excuse me. Um, Allison. Scaliotti. Scaliotti. Yeah. And, uh, and CCH, CCH Pounder. Pounder. Those are the big names. Um, to a lesser degree, Janelle Williams and, right. Aaron, and Aaron Ashmore. Okay, and Aaron Ashmore comes in in a couple of seasons. Uh, and then they, their nemesis was played by that British, oh God, the British gentleman who passed away recently. Roger Reeves. Thank you, Roger Reeves. I, Roger Reeves. She, she's uh, she's got her, her she's got, She printed out her IMDb page. <laughs> not oh, look at I got a screen over here now. I'm not used to that. That's Is cool. Is it the one that... Yes. Yeah, okay. Don't let she me. controls the horizontal <laughs> and the vertical. <laughs> T- Tanya is the outer limits. <laughs> yes, I am. All right. It's funny because uh, Mrs. Frederick, uh-huh. the pers- the actress that plays Mrs. Frederick, I've seen her in two episodes of NCIS mm-hmm. this week because she's in NCIS or New Orleans. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So there was this crossover. She, it just happened to be this week. I'm like, And does she oh, play Mrs. Frederick? She should. No, no she's, she's a She really should be Mrs. Frederick in anything. She's a medical examiner. She's a she's fantastic actress. Oh, she's, oh, she's, she's a great character, character actress. Yes. yes. She's Absolutely. able to come in and just adapt to whatever personality is needed, and mm-hmm. she has this whole level of, you can tell she's like, I don't care if you like me or not. You know, she just she just throws it out there, and she comes, she has that great stare. She does that thousand-yard stare yep. at somebody, oh. and they're like, they break. Oh, yeah. It's like, five, you feel it through the TV. Four, oh, yeah, you three, do. Two, <laughs> like, okay, I'm... She's got that evil mom stare. Now, Claudia Donovan, who Perfect. plays Allison Scagliotti, is uh, actually not in... Allison Scagliotti plays Cla- Claudia Donovan. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. This All is right. what happens when Chris doesn't get enough sleep. Oh, You're seriously, definitely. last night was rough. I, I couldn't get to sleep when I did. I came right back awake, and it, when I was actually passed out, I was getting had these weird, freaking horrible dreams. Hmm. Yeah, there she is. She's freaking hot. <laughs> Allison. Blow that picture up. Love her. And you know, and Claudia is just so. Did you mean her an X-wing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like yeah. Katy Perry in an X-wing. Katie, she's she, you know, kick Katy out, hit the ejector seat, put her in there, put Allison in the in the cockpit. Who don't you have a crush on? Um, Rob. <laughs> you lie. Sorry. <laughs> Rob, you and you and I back when we were in Fisher together, we had that 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 relationship that almost could have been like the the two the two Illinois Nazis in the Blues Brothers movies. You know, if we were in that Pinto coming down from ten thousand feet, I would look at you and go, "You know, I always loved you." You know, it's gonna be one of those. His real. It's gonna be one of those days. His real crush is Billy. Yeah, I have an, really? I, I have a strong bromance nice. with with Billy going on. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be loved. Is that so wrong? That's not no, wrong not at wrong. all. That's what does we all want as human beings. You? Yes, he does. What's his name? Oliver. 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 Oliver the Great Kitty. All right. He's cute. I was off the subject somewhere. Uh, off the rails. About, about oh. Allison, uh, oh, yeah. Jack Dorsey, and uh, Katie. But anyway, um, Claudia was not actually in. The first few episodes, so you don't see her in uh, for no. the die the diehard, you know, long term fans. You look back and you forget sometimes that she was not actually introduced right off the bat. Yes, Sherry. Episode five. Episode five, which was called Claudia. Claudia, yes. <laughs> and I like the way they introduced well, her too. You know, it was kind of funny, and, and I'm I'm wondering if it was one of those things where they planned it that way, or well, if they it, were started. They started 
Arnie, Artie first noticed the intrusions into the computers in the first episode. Okay, mm-hmm. so, so they were, they were it, bringing they were, her in. They were bringing her in from yeah. the beginning. Yes. All right, and then I'm assuming then because of that they were planning on keeping her regardless I at that point. So. Because you know you see some characters. Excuse me for a second. <clears throat> you see some characters like Felicity Smoke and Arrow. You know you wonder. Uh, you can kind of see that the character was probably meant to be like a reoccurring one-off here or there, one-off there, but becomes a regular because the, the first impression on the fandom was so intense. Yeah. Fonzie. Yeah, Fonzie was not supposed to be a regular character yeah. for, for Happy Days. Clinger and Mash, yeah. Bobby on Supernatural. Bobby on Supernatural. one-off. Exactly. Think, so these characters... Um, yes, go ahead, Dolly. What's his name? Urkel. Urkel, yes. supposed yeah. to be a main character. And, yeah. yeah. He was supposed to be I like a guest character. The show eventually Steve, became Steve about Jamal. him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, I, my first thought was I was wondering if if Allison was supposed to be brought in just basically for this one episode, or for the, a series of episodes, and then kind of fade off. But then she, you know, was such a fan favorite that they brought her back. But I'm thinking, you know, overall that the plan was always to introduce her this way. Yeah, it was. She was somebody to play off of Artie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you needed that because then if he was going to be the man in the van all by him, little lonesome back at the warehouse while the other two, you know, yeah. there was there's going to be an issue there yeah. some along the line. Um, all right, so in the pilot, we have already established that our two character, two main characters of, um, of Pete and Micah, uh, they knew each other. They were not exactly thrilled with each other, but they were both Secret Service agents uh, working to protect the President of the United States. And uh, through a variety of circumstances in the first couple of scenes, they are noticed uh, by Artie and then by Mrs. Frederick and then brought into the warehouse fold. Uh, so as far as origin stories go, I, I like this one because, yeah, it, it kind of takes a moment to set everything up, but it does it more quickly. I mean, I know we've talked about this in other podcasts where we've been inundated with back, you know, with origin stories and backgrounds. And and sometimes the, the first couple of episodes can get lost in establishing characters that we already want to see in action doing the thing they're supposed to be doing. Plus, in, well, in, in a lot of TV shows, what they do is slowly tell the character's backstory. Yeah. You, you don't need to give them all the information all at once in a TV show. Well, and Artie actually <coughs> knew who they were before. Well, he'd already they, done his research on them. Right, yeah, he, he knew everything about them. Yeah. the... Not that they knew him. Right. You know. Well, I liked that it was very organic. The information we are given is given in a way that makes sense. It's mm-hmm. not just an info. It wasn't forced. It wasn't an info dump. It was, oh, you know what I would really want? Yes, I do, but was falling off the wagon really be a good thing? And yeah. that's yes. how we found out that pizza recovering pizza alcoholic. Recovering alcoholic. Yeah. What do you think, guys? Anything? Well, I, like I think said, one of them's hooks on, hooked on leverage now. So, so after watching the first episode, do you want to keep watching Warehouse 13? Yeah. Oh, I'd run through it again, yeah. yeah. I still think that idol in there looked like a Doombot head. <laughs> 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 All right, but you were going in, Zach. But no, like you said about the, the origin story. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes you don't need to just throw everything immediately at it. Sometimes right. It's nice that we, as the audience and viewers, can draw a conclusion, see if they're going to take us the way we think. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they do. A lot of times they don't. It's mm-hmm. like, okay. You know, because it kind of makes us a little more emotionally invested in it. Right. And I think we like mystery a little. It's like, I think Wolverine like that, when nobody knew who he was. Like, right. And you keep bringing it They pulled slowly. the veil off, off of him on a couple of occasions yeah. now, and it's I don't I think that might have actually taken away from the it character is, a little I bit. So. I think so. Yeah. All right. What do we got going on? We got scroll going on over here. Yeah, I'm just looking at the... The full summary and things. Can like you that. give me the um, episode one? There you go. Thank you. You just did that. Awesome. She was like under there. So anyway, um, so two Secret Service agents 
being recruited against their will and without their knowledge to partake of this little misadventure. Um, and what what do, what do we get off of off of Micah? What do, what do we because she seems to be the perfectionist, but with with a, with with something that went really wrong is what we're being given yes, the hint of at the beginning. Right. It's some, it's something um, happened in Denver. Yeah, Denver and, seems to be a trigger, and and it's not really acknowledged more so until like mo- towards the end of this episode of what happens mm-hmm. in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, she's definitely got a lot of guilt surrounding yeah. that episode, that um, situation, or yeah. that crisis, or whatever. And and she's haunted by it. Literally. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. So. Um, yeah, so she's still trying to keep everything put together in here, mm-hmm. but things are starting to unravel around her, and she doesn't know how to handle it. That's why she keeps going to food. Okay. I didn't notice that part. Because, oh, you didn't notice that? I did not notice like, that. she's like, I don't eat sugar. She tells Artie in the first thing, because he's like, oh, I, we make cookies. She's like, I don't eat sugar. But then she was eating a cookie. Right, yeah, she because, because she'd been haunted. Later. Then she had been haunted by the sound Oh, of I remember the scene where she she went in and then came out with the ice, ice cream. cream. And, right, yeah. and it's because she had kept yeah. hearing this voice in her head, uh-huh. and she's like looking around, and that's so when there's a stress trigger, mm-hmm. she starts eating. And Pete even commented on it. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Pete does comment on it when he sees her eating the cookies. Oh, like, right, right, like right. what's bothering you or whatever type thing. And that's one of the things I like. Um, the pilot is an hour and a half long, and that's before commercials. So I, I watched it without commercials. So it's an hour and a half, so you really get a good first look at these people in action. Um, I'm going to say right off the bat that there are some times where you take an hour-long TV show and you make a two-hour episode out of it, and it can drag. Some in spots sometimes, and it doesn't have a good flow. But this one kept my interest all the way through mm-hmm. from from start to finish. Well, what they did was they introduced the characters for the first half, the situation you're uh, mm-hmm. going to be working at this warehouse, and then the case, and then they it was almost like they so they could split it up into two episodes in syndication. Right, mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's a good call. Mm-hmm. This is some planning involved there, but I, I did like the way that this you know in essence one and a half hour warehouse movie to start things off with. I, I like the way that it unfolded. Yeah, it didn't even seem like it was an hour and a half when I no. was rewatching it no. yesterday. No. Yeah. It's good pacing. Yeah. And you know, and you can get it your you can get it on D V D. Uh you can get it, you know, buy it from your favorite D V D shop or you can go to the local library and rent it, uh borrow it. Um I got it off of YouTube because I have my YouTube subscription and so it was like only like a dollar and a half for dollar two dollars to get the actual episode into my library. You know, twenty bucks for the whole season. I think it was what it was. So. Yeah, I bought it off. I bought it off of uh, Amazon. Amazon. See, so there's a lot of access to it. It's not on Hulu or Netflix at the moment. It used to be. Yes, it was. It, it was, was at on either Amazon or Netflix at one point. It mm-hmm. was on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, it was but on not, Netflix, but not the entire. No, it was. Series. No, it, was it was like seasons one, two, and three, but the fourth one wasn't. Yeah. I, I do actually. It, did have... it make the season five? I don't think it no, made the. It, 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 it stopped at four. four. It was no, already in trouble. No, um, no. There, there's five. There's there was, five. There's well, a five. I, I, I have, I have yeah. seasons four and five on DVD at home okay. because I was able to get one through three somewhere, and then. And it's a show that was canceled before its time. Yeah, I, 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 there could have been a season six to wrap the story up, I think. But um. see, I, I'm going to have the unpopular opinion mm-hmm. that I mean, like a couple weeks ago, we talked about leverage, and right. I immediately wanted to see more episodes. Mm-hmm. This one, thought it was fine. I enjoyed it. Okay. enough. You know, if it was on during the uh, era of three networks and no streaming, mm-hmm. I'd probably watch it every week. But in this case, it's probably it's probably not something I'm going back to with everything else that's already in my 
life mm. that I have to watch. Is there something in particular or just a vibe? The, one, of Pete's, of, <laughs> one of Pete's vibes. Sorry, did you see me throw that yeah. in there? Okay. Sort of a vibe, I guess, but mm-hmm. I, the the two main characters grew on me, and yeah. I liked um, Artie mm-hmm. almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, they grew on me. The, the writing, I don't know if it's just first episode blues or something. Okay. The the cheesier effects didn't bother me at all. You mm-hmm. know, that's fine. I, I don't know. It just didn't grab me enough in that first episode to mm-hmm. continue watching. All right. No, I agree. I, I mean, yeah. I think it's just for me, I would give it my four episode test and see if I go forward. Because, you definitely have to make sure yeah. Claudia comes Get in. at least to the fifth episode. Okay, five. Yeah, because yeah, you have to bring Claudia in because yeah, once then you see the, once she more changes the, dynamics the dynamic of the room comes, yeah. comes in. To me, the, the the uh, relationship between the two characters, mm-hmm. it, I, I don't know where it's going, but it seemed very Sam and Diane, yeah, uh, David and Maddie. They love uh-huh. each no. other. They hate each no. other. No? Okay. They don't, they don't actually ever bond, do never. they? No, they oh, never really? do. They, they managed to. I they they, they become friends. best friends. They really do through the course of the seasons, but I don't even think they hint at it. No. That's no. interesting Which is something I really liked. That's yeah. something I liked. I like shows where you have a male and female leads mm-hmm. and they don't try and get them together. That's, right. I, I like that already. Thank yeah. you for telling me. I may actually go to it just because I saw mm-hmm. Bones happening all yeah. of a sudden. No, <laughs> it's... Because okay. they always kind of secretly, like, is it going to happen this week? And it yeah. never did. Because mm-hmm. that, that's what ruined Moonlighting, which to well, yeah. me was one of the best shows ever until Dave and Maddie got together. Mm-hmm. So, And then it, then it jumped the shark, yes, as, it the, did. as the saying goes. But yeah, I think they always managed to keep the two of them just comfortably out of reach with each other. You know, okay. they like like Sherry said, they become the best of friends. They do really care about each mm-hmm. other. Um, but doesn't I, there's a love interest for Micah? I want to remember. There was a love interest for Pete for a while. Pete, okay, that, all right. Um, yeah, and he got really serious with her, but mm-hmm. she backed and, and, off. And you'll yeah. find you'll find what what Micah's love interest what happened. Right, there. and that, I think that also affects it. Uh huh. Uh-huh. The gentleman that they keep that she keeps seeing in the first episode, what yeah. happened with him, really, and that comes back again, okay. and again. Yeah, because I'm like, I remember seeing it later on than yeah. the first episode, a whole episode about it. Yeah. yeah well, the guy I can't remember who about played that particular part, but he's he's like, I've never had the mo- this is the most success I've ever had playing a dead man. Was he said in an interview or something like that? I may have to the sheet, to the sheet. I may have. <laughs> I didn't. Print out everybody. I printed out people with uh, geek cred mm-hmm. <laughs> that were on the show, <laughs> and he may not have other geek cred, so I may not have him. Right. Stranger things have been known to happen. <laughs> Season oh, two. I started. I didn't get to actually watch the show, but mm-hmm. I did like research and read about the show, and it reminded me of the libra- librarians. Yes, it, it but, does. Like, the movie. I saw the movie series first, mm-hmm. the three part series, and now mm-hmm. they just count the mo- television, television series, and. Less reading about Warehouse 13, it, I saw the similarities like mm-hmm. right off the bat. Well, librarians in Warehouse 13, did, did those movies start coming out the same time Warehouse 13 did? Hold on. The With librarians? Came out, yeah, I think, yeah, they came out yes. before. They come up before. And then Warehouse yeah. 13 and then the librarians TV show came out. After, After Warehouse 13 went down. I looked it up. Oh, so do I not have my no. You're nowhere near a microphone. There you go. The librarians did make a couple of comments. I caught them. They're, they're small. Uh-huh. Because uh, I can't remember the main character. He goes, yeah, it's bigger than the other Flynn. guys. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's bigger than the other places. You so know, like there's more artifacts. over for the warehouse. Yeah, so yeah. the yeah. librarians okay. came out. The warehouse out in, was like the storage unit for them or something. On 2004, 2005, and 2008. And Warehouse 13 came 09. out in two, two, 2009. 2009. 
Um, Are I you have, laughing at curse behind me? Yeah. I have a here. I have a thing here that says uh, Warehouse Thirteen show is one off from the show, The Librarian's Quest for the Spear mm-hmm. TV movie. They even uh-huh. had the same artifacts and. In each and each used magic and technology to keep the artifacts from being tampered with. This is more apparent in the, apparent in the series, the librarians. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they do. I was just watching Chris's um, emotion of heartbreak as he realized he was out of coffee oh. in the background there. <laughs> I was wondering, like, why you're almost falling out of your chair. There's, there's there. a very, there's he's very expressive. These men of the theater. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So, all right. Where are we in talking about the actual episode? I don't know. I don't remember. We were talk- just making references to... Yeah, um, I think it's how we're handling this one, too. How the characters um, are... Evolving Evolving already. throughout just this There's um, a lot episode. of skepticism. They have a lot of healthy skepticism. They're like, yeah, okay, Pete's a little right. bit more ready to, to believe than Micah and, is. And it reminds me of um, Mulder and Scully. Yeah. Mm. It, it gave me a, like an X-Files feel okay. between yeah, the because two characters because Mulder He's is more like, ready to believe than she is and she's the skeptic. Feet first and mm-hmm. she, I've always said the show was a cross between the X-Files and Eureka. Uh, and it's and, and, it's, and it's, it's set in the same universe as Eureka. Eureka and Alphas. Alphas oh, really? Alphas is in the same universe. In fact, I did uh, not know Lindsay that. Wagner plays a character, a doctor uh-huh. in Warehouse 13 and she plays the same one in an episode of Alphas. Well, and the same character. Yes. And, um, That's impressive. I did and, not know that they were th- yeah. that linked. And Claudia, the Claudia Donovan character, is mm-hmm. actually in an episode or two of Eureka. Well, yeah, I knew about Claudia. the yeah, so Eureka that, and Warehouse 13 and crossed over regularly. And Eureka Douglas the, Fargo yeah, the, crosses over yeah. into Warehouse 13. Yeah. I was going to say. But I haven't Delta. seen Eureka yet, so. We, you, I think we're going to put Eureka on the list of yeah. things to talk about in the future. Uh, by the way, it's it's uh, Gabriel Hogan. Gabriel Hogan is the the, is the, the Denver guy? The ghost. The ghost, yes. It's the most success he's ever had playing a dead guy. I remember that interview because there was some sort of Warehouse 13 thing and he was oh, in wow. on it for a little bit. So, all right. Dolly, did you get to see it? She said no, that you didn't she researched you, it. You researched no, it? No, but I did a lot of reading on it. All right. Tell me what you read. <laughs> well, I actually read about the actual warehouse itself. Uh huh. I'm short and this mic is too high. Okay. <laughs> Do the best you can. <laughs> That's all I ask. Um, yeah, but I did read about the actual warehouse and mm-hmm. like the origins of it and the fact that whoever has um, the world power at the time is who has the warehouse located there. Right. And it's like not the first rendition of it. That's why it's number 13. Right. So I found that all interesting. Like I definitely piqued my interest, but I just didn't have time to actually... And I know throughout the, the series they make references to a couple of the other warehouses. Mm-hmm. Like there's a whole episode to dedicated one. to yep. twelve. They go to. Uh, they, they go to. to yeah. I read that Artie thinks that all of them were burnt. All the previous ones are burned down. But uh-huh. the warehouse two actually wasn't burned down. It was buried right. before Caesar could get there. Mm-hmm. Right. That, I remember that episode. Yeah. yeah. So and I like I found it interesting. Yeah. I did a lot of yeah. reading about it. Yeah. I just didn't have time to actually warehouse watch. Warehouse seven is in the Mongol Empire under Genghis Khan. Uh-huh. Warehouse mm-hmm. eight is in Germany. Okay. Under Wasn't during one the, in ancient Egypt. Yeah, I, yes. I think the first couple. Um, two. Okay. Yep. Wasn't it two? Wasn't that the one they went to? Yes, yeah. the one in ancient Egypt. Pretty sure. Um, oh, yeah. Warehouse one was under Alexander the Great. Warehouse was moved to Egypt. Yep, after Alexander died, and then um, it says Egypt's rulers appointed a group of people known as the Regents to oversee the warehouse and act as its first agents and collectors of air artifacts. Yeah, it's um, been it, England, Russia, Asia. Italy, Mesopotamia, Egypt, and Rome. So it's a it's a well traveled 
mm-hmm. idea. Warehouse of stuff. The warehouse of stuff. And I will tell you, as a veteran gamer, I, I, I every time I get into a Warehouse 13 binge, the DM in me is writing a <laughs> Warehouse 13 campaign. Great. I, I can tell you. It's just it's in my head that there, there's aspects I think oh, would just be... It would make for a great... Yeah, I, like I don't know if say. I would do it... I, I'm not sure if I would do it in D&D or maybe like top secret, like modern day kind of stuff. And this is the like second the Warehouse 13. Hmm? One of the room escape things. Yeah, there you go. Warehouse 13. And, that would and, be good. And this you is guys the, are listening. The yeah. second of the Warehouse 13s. There's been two of them. There's two 13s? Yes, because the first one burnt down because uh-huh. it, w- it didn't have an in, um, understanding of how to safely store the artifacts. So why, so, why isn't it just Warehouse 14 then? <laughs> They um the There's move a to sequel. Re- it's thirteen beta. Two point oh. Yeah, I because it um after England it moved to South Dakota to hide it. Uh huh. But then it w- um was built in eighteen ninety eight and I think already made reference. Yeah, to he that does that in, in the, the first pilot. episode. Yeah, but the he structure burned down, and, and he goes eighteen ninety eight. Yep. Um. And um, the rebuild and the current Warehouse 13 occurred in 1914 on the onset of World War One. Okay. And I love, uh, throughout the whole series, and he, and he does it. warehouse expansion joints. That's why it looks so much bigger on the inside. Gotcha. Um, it's a TARDIS. There you go. Because why not? Because everything cool is. Um, it's a giant bag of holding. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. But I also like how the little stories, and you get you get those little stories throughout the course of the series. But he, with the little go kart that they were driving around, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they have to connect, they have to hold onto the bar because it's using the electrical current in the human body, you know. And and, and Artie fires off this little story about Thomas Edison built it to, mm-hmm. as a proof of concept to Ford, and well, Ford wanted his oil and this that and the other thing. And I love the little anecdotes and the little stories that they come up with through the course of the series about how these particular items were crafted and created and how they came about. And you know Tesla and Farnsworth and all these names from our history, yeah. you know, and and how they have these great little stories that are not just fantastical but believable too, because you would you would almost because Tesla had this great reputation for being in essence a maniac. He, he was he was very unhinged, but that's what all the stories say about him. He was just the way he looked at the world was different, and. So a lot of these little things that he's come up with, and a lot of these little stories that that they, they've talked about, you can believe them because they're <laughs> they're they're good current to the character that they're referring to, or the personality they're referring to. So I love those little those little drop-ins. And, and do you know that Mark Shepard is a recurring uh, um, cast on there? Mark Shepard is the Kevin Bacon of the geek world. <laughs> he really is. If if. <laughs> Seven degrees if, of Mark Shepard. If you yes. said seriously, <laughs> seven degrees of Mark Shepard. Seriously, um, absolutely. That's a future episode. There you go. That, you know what that is? That's a future podcast. We're going to do seven degrees, seven degrees of Mark Shepard. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Seven degrees of Mark Shepard. And because seriously, seriously, if you're at a convention and you got this person goes, "Oh, I'm one of the ultimate geeks ever," and you show a picture of Mark Shepard and he goes, "Who's that?" That you're person like, is not, not a geek. geek. Not a nerd. Kick them out. They're it's done. Fired. They're fired. Go <laughs> away. That man is everywhere. everywhere. Yes. He is everywhere. He is got he is like the the universal constant of of the Everybody's been unarmed. Yep. Yep. Uh Little monkey girl in the background was making the observation that he he what was it he was in everything but every and everyone's been uncharmed, yep. so charmed is the eighth degree of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> so there's there is a seriously there is a um, there's, there's a podcast, podcast to be had there. I, I think so. That's coming up. That's coming up. So everything Mark Shepard's been in. <laughs> everything Mark Shepard. Mark Shepard is the center of the that. geek that universe. Was a great episode though. It was. I love him. He's been in Star Trek, right? <laughs> yes. He's been in uh, he's been in Battlestar Galactica, Doctor Who. Been in yep. Firefly. 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 
Uh, um, Supernatural's the obvious one. Yes, Ian? Doctor Who. I know the name. I've heard him before. I just can't picture him. Crowley in Supernatural. There we go. Okay. <laughs> and, and there we have it. There we have it. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. All right. X-Files. So X-Files. He was on X-Files. He was on X-Files. And now here we are. Leverage. And leverage. Uh, and leverage. <laughs> He's, of course, of course he was in leverage. Of Why not? He's everywhere and everywhere. We'll just tie it back. <laughs> Chris says that he's under the desk right now. He's under the desk yeah. right now. I, he could really handing us notes. Oh, he's Mark everywhere. Shepherd is under. This is where I've been. Yeah. This is where I've been. All right. So was was he, he was in where, was he in Warehouse 13 at all? Yes. yes. Mark, okay. Shep- yeah. Mark Shepard. He's a recurring um, character. Season okay. two, season and two. then guest seasons one and five. All right. He's, so uh, he'll be he's in a region. Okay. So we're going to circle this back around to what we were talking about, oh, which was which was Warehouse 13. Mm-hmm. Well, because it says Benedict Valda, so it must be like a Roman. Ian, region, can you go right? into Something your backpack like and hand me the, British. the black bottle? No. Please. That one that you've been drinking? I'll take yeah. the other one then. All right. And stop pounding we, on the table. We were talking about Warehouse 13? Yes, I know. <laughs> we, we're doing one of those tangent things. I think this is becoming a digression episode that is masking itself as not but, a book club but episode. But even talking about Warehouse 13, you talk about everyone that has been on the show. Right. I mean, Brent Spiner, Kate Mulgrew. Um, um, Lindsay Wagner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Mm-hmm. Anthony Head. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, his episode oh, no. was great. Yeah. Uh, James Marsters. Okay. Um, let's see. Jerry Ryan, Trisha Helfer. Uh, Gareth David Lloyd was on Warehouse. Who's 13. he? That's uh, Yanto from okay. Torchwood. I was going to say, I know that name, but I couldn't think of why. Missy Pyle from Galaxy Quest. Awesome. Oh, Missy Pyle. Uh, Sean Mayer and um, Jewel State. Okay. Both on. Tia Carrera. Tia Carrera, yeah. Jeez. I know, right? It's, it's like it's the a love boat. smorgasbord. It's a sci-fi it really love boat. Is. Amy is. Acker. Oh, by the way, have you heard Amy Acker's got a new show coming up? No, I did not hear about that. Yeah, Tell me more. Tell me got, more. It's a, It's in the Marvel Universe. It's really? It's going to be on Fox. Is it the... What, is it gifted? gifted? Is it the X Men? Yeah, yep. I think she's the, the she's playing the mother. Oh. Yeah, I figured you'd be excited about that. <laughs> um, Wait a minute, it's on Fox though. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> is it the Friday Night Death Slot? Yeah. I have no idea. No, I think uh, it was on Monday. Oh, Sean uh, Meyer. Yeah. Sean yep. Meyer. Sean um, Meyer. Simon. Simon yes. Tam. Yep. Simon Tam, you've been bound by law. <laughs> no, uh, not today. Let's see. J. August Richards talking about... Who's that? That, that is... Uh, name sounds familiar. He was an angel. He was uh, gone in angel. And yes. he was an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I knew that as soon as... Yeah, I could I could see his face. And one of my favorites, of Timothy O'Munson. Right. I love him. Lassiter from Psych. Yep. Uh Bane from... Uh, or Kane, excuse Kane. me. Kane from uh, Supernatural. Supernatural. And he was in Gallivant. It was in Gallivant, which was a great series. That was, that was fun. God, I wish they also, Timothy, uh, Timothy does uh, voice work for um, Star Wars The Old Republic, the MMO. Hmm. The the soldier line. He's hmm. the uh, the lieutenant, the the cat with the bald cat guy. Okay, yeah. And you know, the with, first companion with all get. of these amazing people that were on this show, uh-huh. do you know who I got the most excited about when who? I saw him? Joel Gray. That's true. I love Joel. Craig. Classic character actor, <laughs> star of stage and screen, and dance, and, and dance, the f- and the fifth host of the Muppet Show. The fifth host of the Muppet <laughs> oh, Show. Not that's that's like a that's a thing. Yeah, and it's uh, very important Jennifer to be Gray's fifth. Father. And J- Jennifer Gray, the baby, baby from yes, that really they are yes, related. That's, I never knew that yes, until just that's now. His daughter. That's amazing. That explains the the shape of her face. That's mm-hmm. awesome. It's very distinctive. <laughs> That's not an insult. I think Jennifer Gray was gorgeous. That's the most random like, <laughs> co- like description of somebody. Well, 
That explains the shape of her in, face. In, no, in, in the immortal words of Han Solo, Dolly, in the immortal words of Han Solo, hey, it's me. <laughs> The spacing of her toes is outstanding. <laughs> no, no, no. Because you can look at you can look at similarities. You can see, you know, like you know, you look at this this mug over here, and I'm pointing at my son, and then you look at me, and you're like, okay, you get it. It's just it's there's there's distinctive qualities Your to face somebody. Is freeze yeah, that way. I see it between Monk and Chris. You know, my niece says she has my face all the time. What's that? My niece says the same thing. She's like, yeah. I have your face. I should have been your child. But Jennifer Grey, oh. until she did the nose job thing, had this very distinctive, very very unique looking, and she was gorgeous. I, I, she still is. I'm not saying she isn't, but you know it's very. And you're like, wow, where you know how does that come about? You know what ethnicity, ethnicity, etc. And now yeah. Sherry gave me the missing piece to something I've been so, thinking about for years. Do you want to hear a total tangent? My favorite piece. Tangent of, is something we're good my at. My favorite piece of Joel Gray, Jennifer Gray trivia. Uh huh. Okay, when Joel Gray was the host of the Muppet Show, mm-hmm. he sang a song from Chicago. Okay. Um, Razzle Dazzle. Gotcha. Yeah. Classic. On Broadway, uh-huh. Jerry Orbach played okay. that character and the sang late great it. Jerry Orbach, yes, who played Jennifer Gray's father in Dirty Dancing. <laughs> well, that's random. <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> the things that I have stuck in my head. Is Obscure trivia. Scary. You hear to hear first on Monkey Business. <laughs> Very nice. Taking no, I got, the, sm- I I got the very white voice going now. <laughs> Those My mother has always tones. called me the walking encyclopedia yeah. of useless uh, knowledge. That's it. Well, you'd get that's along it. fine with my husband Randy. He's <laughs> the fountain of useless knowledge. As my dad said, if it doesn't make me money, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that everybody on this panel were good at that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. all pretty much also. the ones on the couch also. The ones on the couch also. Yeah. yeah. We should get together and do just the like the fountain of useless knowledge trivia book. Actually, watch me play Jeopardy. <laughs> Idea for future episodes. Yes. Yeah. One right after the other, the most random things you know. <laughs> oh my God, that would be fantastic. Uh-oh. Just, a, just an hour of just an hour of trivia. Just an hour of going back and forth with a whole bunch of... Well, my Flintstones well, maiden name is Slaghoople next. Yeah. <laughs> I would win. Teenage yeah, boy. Gilgan's first I'm, getting, I'm getting that, that episode of Star Trek Next Generation in I my head know. where the, the senior crew had to go to this outpost mm-hmm. where they knew that this particular the base commander had was used to having cocktail parties and they were all dreading it because this man was just like the ultimate small talk expert and he would just drown you and just you couldn't you couldn't enjoy the party because this guy would always want to talk to you about a variety of things and data on the way out decided to study the human art of small talk and so in this episode there the whole centerpiece of this particular thing was this this party and there's data and there's this base commander having a small talk conversation and Riker was just staring at it like I can't believe this is happening and he and Jordy even share at one point they've been at it for three hours I never thought it was humanly possible you know it's just the, well I knew this and did you know oh well that's very interesting did you know this and the two of them were going back and forth with this just random trivia and just minutia of conversation and it's like there's nothing meaningful going on here but Data's having the time of his life so He's fitting in. Oh no, there are no such thing as a normal conversation with you, Dolly. Um, nor um, you. This is no, I would never. I would never actually suggest that there was. <laughs> Not all can be the voice of reason like I am. Well, yeah, they're okay. Oh, oh boy. All right. I've been watching some of your Facebook posts, and they're just like going. Woo. Uh, I actually had a thought. T-shirt. Matt Shepard, because Lance Hendrickson can't be in everything. Okay. Nope. Mark Shepard. Mark, Mark Shepard. 
I, that shows you the reason. What were we talking about? Were we talking about Warehouse, something? Warehouse 13. <laughs> Warehouse 13. About the 12 degrees of Mark Shepard. That's it. I think and that's then really, everyone else that's been that's, in there. That's it. And Mark Shepard's not even in the episode that we watched for Warehouse 13. He's what not even know, in what it. His spirit is. No, it's his spirit. It's the spirit truly, of Mark Shepard. To, to get the just the background of the, yeah. the TV series, you have to start with the pilot. It's not like yeah. the Black Mirrors that we've seen that you could watch any of them, that they're standalone stories right. or even... Um, you got to get the flavor of what's going to happen. A lot of their stories are standalone unless mm-hmm. there's like a common thread going between them. Mm-hmm. And but, you know, and then there are times where Warehouse 13 will go on to be episodic. It will have mm-hmm. its, you know, its artifact of the week award winner. It'll have its subplots and its beeline stories and things like that. It'll have the story arcs that will carry it from episode to episode. Um, what what is it about this? I'm going to go to Sherry first. What is it about this this particular? story this particular tv show that kept you coming back to watch it over and over again and then zach i'm going to come to you about that um i would have to say it was the, it was the relationships between the characters okay they they weren't insta friends you got to see how they developed this caring for each other mm-hmm. to the point where they were a family and i really liked that about mm-hmm. the show was that you they were believable okay because you saw it happening yeah mm-hmm. it wasn't like something like a next generation where you just like one day they're never met before and the next day they're, they're all best friends they're all best friends no uh-huh. this you saw it happening and there are arguments and fights and tiffs and like a proper team yes, would have they absolutely. get they get in each other's face it's not always perfect Plus the artifacts were just so cool i know i like it the backstory of everything was always interesting to yeah. me go ahead zach pretty much what she said it's the it, it is like a family in that you have the stern mother Mrs. Fredericks. Right. You have that crotchety old uncle, uh-huh. Artie. <laughs> and they, then the kids. That makes cookies. The, the kids, the, you know, the older brother and sister combo, uh-huh. Pete and Micah, and then the little baby that came around is maybe the oh, okay. baby. But, yeah, the oh, baby. <laughs> but, and it's fun to see the uh, the dynamics change as the characters, as the show goes on, the characters mm-hmm. grow because, you know, at the start, you look at Artie, it's like, oh, this guy could be on, like, you know, Uncle Don's bowling team. Right. <laughs> You know, but then turns out Artie's, you know, very, very resourceful, kind of a badass. Yeah. And then to see him playing off of uh, Alison Scagliotti. Oh, that's, it's, that's my favorite. Together. That's my favorite relationship in the whole show. Yeah. Though I did love when they brought on Aaron Ashmore, his relationship right. and that's with not Claudia. Iceman Ashmore. That's, no, that's Sean. The, is uh, this is Jinx? This is yes, the other Ashmore. Small, the twins. He was I, on, I get them confused. I know they look exactly like he was on. Uh, Aaron was on Smallville. Yeah. And Aaron is now on Killjoys, which I've recently discovered and recommend highly. The fir- I've only watched the first couple of episodes, and I've already, I'm like, this is a good show. There's something really cool about it. So, yeah, so the Ashmore brothers, they are crazy identical to each other. Yeah. It's it's yeah. scary identical kind of, kind of I twins. I have to look it up. Okay, yeah. which one is this? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. There's... Um, Dylan and Cole Sprouse. Yeah, Dylan and Cole Sprouse, One they look them, like brothers, but they're not, they don't they're, look yeah, like twins. They not just, anymore. Not, not anymore. anymore. They, no. There were always some very vast differences between the two. I mean, you could always tell they were they were brothers, but yeah. twins was a piece of work. No, but the Ashmore twins are. The Ashmore twins are scary identical with each other. Yeah. Like apparently, um, one of the anecdotes is, and, and there's a similar one in Buffy the Vampire Slayer because um, the yeah. guy who played Xander, uh, Nicholas Brendan, has an identical twin as yeah. well. So in, in the filming of one of the X-Men movies, uh, Sean was not available. So Aaron stepped in yeah. to be Iceman for a couple of scenes. And you didn't have any lines or anything, but you could see him in the background kind of doing his thing. But it was actually Aaron, not Sean. Cool. Yeah, Nicholas so, You always Brent- wonder if twins do that. Because, you know, like the... Oh, all the time. Ho- what, Jose and Ozzy Canseco 
Yeah. Jose Canseco got in a lot of trouble sending his brother out to autograph shows pretending to be him. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't Nicholas Brendan's brother call himself Brendan Nicholas? No. No, he he had an entirely different stage name. Totally different stage name. Um, He is not really an actor. He doesn't really do much, but there is an episode of Buffy that they're both in. Yeah. Because you know Xander got split into good Xander and bad Xander, so they, they the, the twins were called on to play both parts. Um, Wasn't that the case with uh, the guys who played Fred and George? They they had to redo a bunch of scenes because they decided to see how long it would take them to, to get, realize that they were switched. They switched. <laughs> For those of you who could not hear, because the because little monkey girl was away from the microphone, uh, she was re- regaling us with an anecdote about Fred and George Weasley and the Harry Potter movies and how the twins actually would switch, switch. between the part and see you know see who would actually notice how long because so they would, they would end up having to refilm takes because Fred was actually not Fred; it was George, and vice versa. <laughs> okay. Yeah, see, twin, twins are evil, but entertaining is all hell. Wasn't it also uh, in Terminator? Didn't Linda Hamilton? Yes. 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 Linda yes. Hamilton had a twin a sister. With her? Well, yeah, when they did. She was do stand in work. Did, when they did, um, because she became so buff yeah. in the later films, when they were trying to show her earlier, yeah. they used her twin right, because she was much softer looking because she wasn't, hadn't been working out. So there we are again. This, this is definitely a tangent day. <laughs> but that's okay. How are we doing on time, Bill? Uh, 41 minutes. 41 minutes? All right. Let's see if we can... Are going to label this one Warehouse 13? Yeah. We're gonna, well, it's <laughs> not a book club. Warehouse 13 and other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it has a tendency to jump us into other stuff that's yeah. similar. And that's, I think, and... one of the, the, the really cool things about this show is that it opens the doors to a whole lot of different conversations because of the people who play the characters, mm-hmm. because of the situations they're in, because of the similarities to other shows, things like that. No, it should be... Not a book club, not a book club, other stuff, and a little bit of Warehouse 13. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Warehouse 13. Well, we're not going to worry about how we're going to label D- Dan, this right Dan now. and I will worry about titling later. Yes. Just right now, let's finish. Let's get through the freaking recording. <laughs> okay, I have a couple Just, more pieces of trivia. Go for it. Them. Trivia away. Um, in this episode, they were going through the questions, mm-hmm. and uh, she the, the last one that she couldn't get past was the, do you smell fudge, fudge. in places where there are no where there is where no there is fudge? No fudge. That actually comes back two more times. Yes. Where it actually is a thing. <laughs> it is not just a random question. So they do callback? They do callback. That's back a hallmark that of a one. good show when, the, when a writer can do a callback to something else. Like Babylon 5 was the, the, the preeminent king of callbacks. Yep. But, in fact, uh, in the first season, Micah will say that she smells fudge. Mm-hmm. And another one that I thought was interesting was this is not the first time that Brett Spiner and Saul Rubinek have worked together. Star Trek Next Generation. Yes. Saul Rubinek played the collector, collector. and Data was his ultimate prize. Absolutely. That was a great episode, too. The, to, to the Most Toys or something? I can't remember the, the title. The Most Toys. The Most Toys. Yes. And, um, Uber Geek. Do you, do you want us to name the year? No, I'm not. Okay. It's, it was early on. So I, 1990. <laughs> I was Only because you looked it up and I have it in front I, of me. I, I was about to say 89-90 somewhere because it was one yeah. of the earlier seasons. Yeah. I remember that. And last thing that I – this one I thought was actually very interesting was that the uh, Eddie McClintock and Joanne Kelly actually had a lot of say in their characters. Really? They helped create their characters. It mm-hmm. was McClintock's idea that Pete should be a former Marine and love comic books. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kelly asked for Micah to love literature and be a bookworm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And I think that makes it even better when the actor personalizes personalizes the character yeah. to something personal to them because 
then they can then bond really with it. Then they're really going to get into it. Exactly. And really make it more believable. Well, you know, Micah talks about right off the bat how her family came, you know, they owned they a bookstore. Bookstores. And you see that bookstore in other, in other mm-hmm. episodes yes. down the road. You, you meet the family. What am I looking at over here? Trivia. Oh, it's just the trivia stuff that Sherry was talking about. Scroll down just a half a click. Pete, Micah, and Steve discuss the artifact being cursed by an actor who Shakespeare didn't like due largely to the fact he improvised too much. The writers likely inserted this as an in-joke aimed at Eddie McClintock, who was notorious for forgetting his lines and (laughs) improvising his way out of trouble on a regular basis. (laughs) I'm not surprised. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. I can see that, too. And here's another throwback since we're going all over the place today. Um, In Stargate SG-1, Christopher Judge, who played Teal'c, was well known for forgetting his lines. And so that's how Teal'c would just stand there and go, indeed. And it became a thing where they would start writing it in. So that would be Teal'c's response, his go-to response to anything was, was Teal'c, indeed. Just like, yeah, I'm going with that because I don't know what I'm supposed to say next. So, now I understand a lot of your text messages. Yes. <laughs> I have. Now I get it. I, I have on my phone a, a, a JPEG um, in of the that. whole, like the Obama hope poster it's teal indeed and so whenever the 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 monkey the mighty monkey corp uh board of directors were texting each other and whatnot and i and i agree with whatever was just said i just send that image <laughs> so there's all Sometimes like they get teal going indeed so that's my thing indeed all right so where are we in the episode did we actually get past the first like quarter of the episode no no we didn't discuss lucretia borgia or no no we didn't that stuff nothing but. Nothing. We've done nothing. Well, well, that's like we're just dangling that carrot in front of everybody else God. to actually go watch and see what we're talking okay, about. As I was watching this with uh, my wife, uh-huh. let, let me watch. At one point, no, you see when uh, Artie is first uh, touring the two around the uh, warehouse. Yes. You no, know, they got that little car that they mm-hmm. both have right. to hang on to. And then later in the episode, yes. already like uh, re- not repels, jury rigs. The zip line. He's got the zip line to go from one end to the other. Yeah. And Susan goes, "How come he just didn't use the car?" No, but he does. use the car end. towards the tail end when yeah. he's putting the paint, bringing well, the painting back somewhere. And but my thing was at that point he really had to get there fast. Yes. 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 Yeah. And, and that and, car was and, not exactly quick. And he yeah. had to jury rig the car uh-huh. with, with the battery, like battery <laughs> yes. in order to, to power it because he didn't have Micah or Pete with him. Right. So does the ferret thing keep coming back? Yes. The ferret stays around. The for, ferret yeah, yeah, the ferret pops actually, up once in a great while. That ferret becomes a um family member. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it becomes actually a plot point in one of my favorite first season episodes. Okay. So look for that. And I now I have to watch I really this whole show that again. She wasn't going to enjoy that, but then she goes and rips the cage out of Pete's <laughs> hand and brings it in. And yeah, I'm just like okay. So what did we what did we establish in the in we established the the characters, the first relationships, we established the bed and breakfast that they're going to live at. Established that I want to go clean uh, Saul's office or <laughs> Artie, Artie's office. Artie's office because that was driving me. Artie's nuts. office is <laughs> is sorry. is chaotic mess. Yeah, that's true. Mom. Yeah, no. Um, and then it gets worse and worse. Yes, it does, especially when uh, Claudia shows up. Yeah. So, so yeah, and then we have our first you case. Little, you get a little hint of Lena. Little hint of Lena that there's going to be some stuff going on with her. I like it when she brings the wallet out with the <laughs> tongs. Yes. And drops it into the neutralizer. Houdini's wallet. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's what I love the most. It's like, and I said this at the beginning of our episode. 
I love the anecdotes behind the items. You know, no item is just left on the shelf for display purposes. Everything had a little story to it. Mm-hmm. And there it was always a you could always tell somebody put some thought into the crafting of, of every every artifact that went in there. And I wonder if the writers sometime just, you know, would, would you know order a bunch of pizza, bring in the beer and just start going, let's start just creating artifacts. We're not gonna create episodes, we're just gonna create artifacts for the fun of it. Yeah, and like, then and some of their best like, episodes came forth from them. There's an entire Wikipedia pages uh-huh. of artifacts and it'll say whether it was actually in an episode or if it was just Created for the fun of it. Yeah. That you just kind of see it uh-huh. as they're going past something that. else. I, I love it. I want, yeah, get, you know, bring out the beer and like, all right, take somebody from history. What would make sense to them? Right. And that's the thing. That, and I make reference to that earlier in this episode is, is everything that they have crafted, and I know this is the entire run of the show, everything they craft has something that makes sense to the person who was behind it. Yeah. It's not just they're like, oh, well, we haven't used this guy. Give him you know, this. No, right. It actually makes sense, something that they would have. That mm-hmm. they- okay, here, here's a question. I'm looking at the uh, Wikipedia for the pilot episode, and it says that it pilot marked the first series debut of sci-fi. Um, it was the highest rated, it was the most watched cable show on of that night with 3.5 million viewers. Wow. Was there something, did they extra promote this show to grab I- a first... Uh, a first night audience that big? I do remember a lot of it, and and I think Eureka was out already mm-hmm. at this time, and I think they did a couple of hints in Eureka because people Eureka was already popular on Sci Fi Channel, okay. so when they kind of touted it as a, a spin off of Eureka, that you automatically get a, a, a pre programmed audience because people who are fa- fans of Eureka were already prone to go, okay, we want to go see this too then, and and if I remember correctly, Eureka was on before Warehouse Thirteen. Or just after or they were like they were tied to each other on the schedule. I may be wrong in that okay. one. I don't know. I know we watched Warehouse Thirteen right from the beginning, but we didn't watch Eureka. I think, until mm-hmm. I I think Warehouse Eureka. Thirteen was on first, and then Eureka followed. And Eureka followed, if, if I remember correctly. Okay, like nine, like at nine o'clock and ten o'clock, or however it would work. Okay, All but right. I do remember that they did tout it pretty heavily because mm-hmm. that's why we decided to watch it was because we kept seeing really cool previews yeah. that we're yeah. like, okay, cool. gotta watch that. Like, oh, this looks interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it would be interesting to figure out and, like, count the number of artifacts that they mention in each episode. Like, because there's, like, 13 in this in in this one that they, yeah. it says 13 every episode. They say Warehouse 13. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I didn't even think of that. But it would be funny because it's, like, they have the Bloodstone and then they have the Tesla stun gun and then they have the Farnsworth communication system and then the football that gets thrown yeah and then the vehicle the wallet the tea kettle the calendar the cone pandora's box and then the wand that we have no idea what it does Hmm. i love that the main characters get so used to these artifacts that later seasons they'll use them for fun yeah like i remember late in the seasons i can't remember which one Pete is playing ping pong. Oh, no, that's in the very him. next episode. Is it? Is yeah. it the very next episode? Oh, yeah. pong with, with himself. With, with himself. A mirror. Through a mirror. It's a mirror. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. It is the I just saw <clears throat> Lewis Carroll's mirror. I haven't. I know. Yeah, the, it's been a there's while. always going to be that one character one? in every show what? that is that is the, the yeah. 
there's, there's always going to be that one one character in every show that's it's your the audience relates to that character. So you're going to see the show through the, that character's eyes. Like <clears throat> in Doctor Who, the companion was always meant to be, you know, the the filter that the audience gets to see all of these adventures that this Time Lord goes on. Uh, so my my thought was always that in Warehouse 13, Pete was that guy because Pete is just freewheeling. And and you never know where he's going to go next because Pete doesn't even know where he's going to go next. And he kind of, I because you could see somebody like me playing ping pong with myself and using the magic mirror. You know, you, I, I'm the kind of guy who would go through Warehouse 13 like Pete would. You know, some folks are going to identify with Micah, but more people are going to more look look at it through through Pete's eyes. You know, I'm going to be like, oh, this stuff is so cool. Let's have some fun. I don't care if it's about to be apocalyptic. <laughs> and then when Claudia comes along, and yeah. she's changing artifacts to yes. do other things. That yes. I found really interesting. That was definitely very interesting. Yeah. So Let's combine this one and this one and this one and it's going to do this entirely new thing. <laughs> That's where it gets a little scary. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, on the Pete thing, if you were put in a place like that, who wouldn't go around and play with stuff? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, Micah. seriously. <laughs> Micah. 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 Yeah. <laughs> See, well. Like any one of us. Oh. Like I would be, I would have destroyed probably half the country <laughs> just on accident. <laughs> and then go, that was cool. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Yeah. No. Bye, I Tennessee. Think, <laughs> I, I think I'd be more along the lines of Micah where I would like be very hesitant yeah. about stuff. And... Yeah. <laughs> we're, the, we're the Micahs of the group. Yes. <laughs> I'm just clumsy, so I might accidentally just like <laughs> take out a country just by bumping into yeah. something. Like, oops. Whoops. Yeah, that yeah. would be me. That would be Jules. Jules, yes, my <laughs> I'm daughter. I'm clumsy too. I accidentally pressed all three of the buttons at the same time. Whoops. Whoops. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the the bottom line is is as we were saying earlier at the beginning of the episode there there's like a, there's like three acts to this they introduce the characters they introduce the premise and then they give you the thir- the first case and the first case involves um, the Borgias you know and and the, you come to find out that the artifact is is a hair comb that was as Billy had made reference to owned by Lucretia Borgia back in Italy and what was it the 1500s was the Borgias 15th century 15th oh say so 1400s mm-hmm. and um, and it transmitted that that bloodthirsty that you know very ruthless view of you know getting what you want out of things and and so this was how it was affecting this the you know again a small town uh, and you seeing how it was a, it was imposing its will on the people around it and how everybody was getting all wrapped up and it was becoming cataclysmically you know exponentially worse and, and just at the big the big finish is when the our heroes come in pete and micah come in and they're able to neutralize the artifact mm-hmm. now up until this time they were still fairly skeptical they were like okay this this you know we can just kind of like look at this as regular you know crime investigators and then pete was a little bit more uh prone to to believing Micah was still the stoic, you know, like, nope, there's there's reasons for this. There's logic behind this. There, there's, you know, this, this is the way things are going to be. This is how we're going to figure this all out. And then as as it unfolds and they deal with the artifact and they see how neutralizing the artifact fixed everything. And they're a little bit more ready to believe. They're a little bit more hooked. Both of them are a little bit more involved now. They're more they're more prone to Mike. I still think at the end, Micah was still a little more hesitant. Mm-hmm. And I think she was she, she was not as sold where Eddie was no. already playing with the football. No, she was given the opportunity to leave. Yes. That's right. Okay, but yeah, Dickinson Dickerson showed up, you know, and call, on, call on the call and and she you could see that she was thinking about hanging out a little bit longer. But I th- I think it took a little bit longer for her to get to that moment where Pete yeah. was pretty much already all in. Mm-hmm. You know. 
Toys? What? Toys, things to play with? Yeah. So. See, I never thought the football was an artifact. It is. I thought it was something about the area. No. And it wasn't the football. I yep, know. the football See, itself. Football. And the football that. gets its story in season, season four, four opener. A, a New Hope. A New Hope. <laughs> season, episode four. Season no, four. season four, A New Hope. Yeah. So, what's the story behind that one? I don't remember offhand, but we're gonna have to watch that one to make sure, because I I want to I want to rediscover it's about this a series. Thing of rebels getting okay. <laughs> it should be a new yes. New Hope instead. Come yeah. on, don't you know a New Hope? So I thought, can we take his geek card away? Fine. <laughs> really? Dad had a New Hope to clean my room, but yeah, I know that hope is dashed. Yeah, so, that's hopeless. Hopeless. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so what more do we want to say about this episode? What, you know, I don't know. I, I think Billy needs to give it a couple episodes in order to... I, yeah, I might. I, sure. I've, I've got the DVD set for another week anyway. There you so. go. And, you know, your your fears were, were allayed in knowing that it's not a Sam and Diane vibe. Yeah. No. All right. And, and I also, one thing I did like, and it, it reminded me of a show that I was very fond of as a kid, Kolchak the Night Stalker. I remember hearing about that. I don't think I've ever watched it, but I've heard Darren of that Darren McGavin one. is a reporter investigating uh-huh. the weird, basically. Okay. And I just How like... How do you spell that? Kolchak. K-O-L-C-H-A-K. It's the dad from A Christmas Story. Yes, yes it, it is. is. He just passed away recently, didn't he? Yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Oh, was it a couple of years yeah, now? Yeah. I thought it was more recently now, than that. Scared, that show scared the heck out of me when I was a kid. I used mm. to watch it. It's a, it And was, he was referenced in The X-Files. <laughs> the bully from A Christmas Story... Was on Warehouse 13. Oh, was he? The redhead. Scott Farkas. The, 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 in the pilot episode? <laughs> um, no. No. Oh, no. Later on. What? There's a thrill. Oh, yeah. He's going to be at Scaracon. Ooh, and that's in Syracuse? Yeah. Zach okay. Ward. Zach is. Ward. Uh, Verona. Oh, okay. Turning Stone. Turning Stone. Okay. Very cool. Hmm. All that's right. That's the one I've been trying to get you to bring the kids out to. Gotcha. Final thoughts? Anybody? Bueller? I well, don't have any regular I'm hooked thoughts. again. No, back in, final. back in 2009 when this first came on, it was this episode that got me hooked to watch the whole series. There you go. So, And I do like, again, about the artifacts. There's going to be people out there, wow, I'm going to read more about this. And it's yeah. always promoting knowledge is a cool thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah like, that is. I've seen Tesla, that Tesla, and why would he do this? Yeah. He's not the band? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm like signs, the signs <laughs> everywhere, the signs. <laughs> and, and the reference to um, H.G. Wells. Oh, the whole H.G. Wells story arc is amazing. Yeah, yeah, you know that that right there, that right there hooked that was me. Head the oh, and oh, that happens all the time. Alana, are you okay? You just headbutt the column there. She was so excited about the H.G. Wells storyline. So that alone, dear listener, Alana risked life and limbs so to inspire you to watch Warehouse 13 just for the H.G. Wells story arc. My friends and family out there, and Danny, so we're making sure you're still listening, mate. <laughs> All right. So from one end of the globe to the other, we're going to wrap this one up. This has been Monkey Business. Let me know when he got to playing the outcue music. So he is playing the outcue music. And this has been Monkey Business for yet again, and a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation. Purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con coming at you June 9th and 10th of 2018. But sooner than that, we will see you at the Grease Ridge Center Mall September 23rd and 24th for FC3 Mini in the theater wing. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Fish. As soon as you said so long, you I knew it. Thanks for all the fish. Yes. <laughs> 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 <laughs>